0: Hi, this is Julianne McDavis, composer for Southern Comfort, and you're listening to Musical World. Hi, my name is Ryan Scott Oliver. I'm the composer of Mrs. Sharp and Darling, and you're listening to Musical
1: World. Hi, this is Sutton Foster, and you are listening to Musical World. Hey,
2: this is Benny Buckley, and you're listening to Musical World. Hey there, I'm Stephen Cole, the author of The Road to Qatar Time After Time, God's After the Fair, and God knows how many other shows. And it's time to listen to Musical World. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And officially it's morning, which is not a good time to do anything <laughs> theater-related. Not usually. We're mm. we're kind of night people usually. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But um, at this point, it's late morning. But uh, uh, I'm really excited about our guest today. Yes, absolutely. So she, was, she was so sweet. She really is. She's tremendous. Now, to tell you, um, our guest today is Julianne Wick Davis. Uh, the first time I'd ever heard anything from Julianne, and I'm going to bring up Hot Mess again. Kate Doyle's going to owe me. Oh, yeah. I mean, every episode I'm mentioning it, I'm done. I'm done with her. No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, Kate uh, spoke with Julianne about writing a song for Hot Mess in Manhattan, and uh, Julianne wrote the most beautiful song called A Lifetime. It's just Mm -hmm. gorgeous. And that's when I first uh, heard and met her when I was in um, producing Hot Mess. And so I, I knew that uh she had a show coming up in NAMT, which is at the time we're recording this, is just about a month away. Yeah,
3: so not, I thought not quite well yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, right about eleventh and twelfth, so you know, yeah, roughly yeah, around three that weeks. time. So first of all, I'm gonna do a plug for that. If you are an industry member or a member of NAMT, you cannot miss uh, the festival, it's one of, if not the leading musical theater festival in the country. It's in New York, October 11th and 12th. Uh, please make sure that you're there. You can go to NAMT.org. I hope I just said that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. Um, and uh, check out all the details on how you can attend uh, a host of great musicals. Uh, but today we're going to hear a little sampling and preview from one of those. Uh, Julianne Wick Davis and Dan Collins' Southern Comfort. Uh, The show is based on the Sundance award-winning documentary of the same name. It received a developmental reading at Playwrights Horizons in 2010 uh, and a workshop production at Cap 21, uh, receiving already a host of awards. Uh, There's a lot of excitement surrounding Southern Comfort. So this is our time with Julianne Wick Davis and Southern Comfort. Gremlins and all. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Enjoy. Hey, Julianne, welcome to Musical World. Hi.
0: Hi. Thank you so much, guys.
2: Uh, I wondered if maybe first you could talk a little bit about your history and how you came to be uh, writing in this crazy industry.
0: Well, um, actually, I came to it uh, much later than a lot of people that I know in the business right now, but um, I taught... Uh, music in the public schools in Texas for 20-something years, and um, there was a point in my life where my son actually was headed off to college, and I decided it was time to do the thing that I wanted to do, and I found the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program at the School of the Arts at New York University, and I decided to apply to that and see what happened, and so I was accepted into the graduate musical theater writing program at Tisch and sold everything and came to New York City, and it has completely changed my life in the most amazing ways. And I have met wonderful people I and mean, incredible teachers as well as people to collaborate with. And um, actually at Tisch is where I met my current collaborator, Dan Collins, who we've written several pieces together, but um, most recently, Southern Comfort.
2: And speaking of Southern Comfort, which we're going to hear a few tunes from uh, during this podcast, uh, here in a few weeks, uh, it's it's going to be up at NAMT. Can you tell us a little bit about the show and the uh, impetus for writing it?
0: Sure. Um, Southern Comfort is based on the award-winning documentary by Kate Davis. It was... um, at the Sundance, and won the Grand Jury Prize there. And um, the project came to me and to Dan when uh, Tom Caruso, who is a director, um, he had he and Bob Dusold had gotten the rights to Southern Comforts as page rights, and they approached us about writing it. And so Dan and I took a look at the documentary and it was one of those things where we thought this is so incredibly interesting but we have no idea how to turn this into a musical and kind of struggled with it for a while. And then there was, uh, we just decided to write a song. You know, there was a song moment that we thought might be interesting and Dan handed me the lyric and I knew exactly what, to do. It was like it was writing itself. And and just to go back and see what the the um, documentary is about, it's about Robert Eads, who is a female-to-male transgender good old boy in Tacoa, Georgia, um, who died of ovarian cancer. And um, the reason that he passed away was because there were not doctors who were willing to treat him because he was transgender. And um, so by the time he did find medical assistance, um, it was just too late and the cancer was pretty aggressive. The story in the documentary takes place pretty much the last year in his life, and that's what we have tried to do in the musical, um, is talk about Robert and this community of chosen family who are mostly transgender people as well. And the thing that was so compelling to us was that these people are living in an area that is not accepting of anyone that is different. This is where the KKK exists. This is where good old boys exist. And these people have decided to stay in a place that is their home, because, I mean, they are just incredibly brave to be who they are, who they believe they are in um, in an area that is not going to be accepting. And so the themes of family and being who you are in home really spoke to us, and that's when the peace opened up for us in such a way that we we just knew what to write and really it was it was just such a, a beautiful easy process because we felt so uh, strongly about what we the story that we were telling.
2: We're getting ready to play the uh title song for the show Southern Comfort. Do you want to set that up for us?
0: Sure, Southern Comfort actually is about um the transgender convention that happens every year in Atlanta, Georgia. And this was a a real important event for the people in in the story and and to attend this transgender conference because it was a place where there was never any looking over your shoulder, there was never any worry about people judging you, and you could just truly be who you were. And one of the things that happened at the end of this conference or always happens at the end of the conference um, is that they have the Soko Ball, that's so what they call it, and it's a dance, and it's kind of like the um, the prom that none of these people ever had as being, you know, who they were. So um, the song Southern Comfort is Robert Eads trying to convince his love, Lola Cola, who is a male-to-female transgender, and in in our story is very early in the transition. Um, he still... Um, Lola is still John in his business work um, and still deals with customers as John, but then when with Robert and with other people in the community is Lola Cola. Robert is trying to convince Lola that this is the thing that she needs to attend, that she needs to go to Southern Comfort because it is where she will find that she can be truly herself.
2: From Julianne Wick-Davis and Dan Collins, this is Southern Comfort.
4: I got music all around me It's been singing me somewhere And as long as it stays with me I know I'll make it there It's not my imagination Ain't no wind across a tree If you tell me you don't hear it Listening properly. It's the sound of ice cubes singing While they're spinning around a glass Or a breeze all full of barbecue You wish would never pass Get you feeling like a child all you've been all along Southern, Southern Comfort's what they call it Southern, Southern Comfort is the song I could move to a big city Could blend in with the crowd I could lose my way in the bustle I could lose my voice in the loud But I weren't born in a city I was born inside my skin And I ain't ready yet to leave it Now I'm finally settled in Like a story that you heard you still listen when it's told my place to keep on going cause it's never getting old and you crave it like it's water like it's everything you breathe Southern, Southern comforts jumper. what I call it Southern, Southern comfort jumper. is all I need it's more than some dance in a rented back room or swaying back and forth to a country town. It's more than us just proving we ain't doing this alone We're coming home to somewhere that never was our home Like a parking lot alone From a stranger you must feel like you
2: As I'm listening to the score, first of all, I get excited when there's a score that really has its roots in the South because it's not used very often, but there were moments that were reminiscent of Violet, even Parade, um, and in many ways, some of the same themes. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the musical inspiration for the score.
0: Yeah. um, You know, it's really interesting that um, I don't know, it may not be interesting, but for me to think about when I was starting to write the music for this, it was really the kind of music that I was writing before I came to New York. I did a lot of singer-songwriter type of things, and um, I had a lot of influence from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Their you know harmonies and everything, that was something that I grew up on listening to. And, um, you know, I mean, I I grew up in Texas, but I was never a big country music fan, but there were certain people like Mary Chapin Carpenter, you know, where the, there was a little bit of a crossover um, that I really appreciated, and writers was something that was really appealing to me. So when we were approached to write this piece, and then, of course, because of the setting and who these people were, it just seemed right for it to be more of this folk and a little bit of a bluegrass influence. I wouldn't necessarily call the score a bluegrass score, but there is a lot of the things that I wrote that went through a filter of bluegrass, a filter of country music, um, and just trying to, you know, bring all of those into this, this soup that is now the
2: score. And so, what's the process with you and dan um, what what what's a typical writing process is it you know we we always ask the you know lyric first music first question, but what's the um what what what's the working environment that that works for the two of you?
0: you know for the two of us first of all, you know Dan is just this brilliant brilliant writer who um I've just never been exposed to someone who is so good with structure, and um, and so careful about how he treats characters, and so it's just such a privilege to work with him. And we don't we don't sit and write in the in the same room together. We don't say, okay, let's sit down and do this song today. We we do a lot of discussing and deciding on, okay, what's this next moment that we're going to do. When we're starting a piece, we just start with song moments, finding things that really appeal to us. Where does the story sing for us? And he'll go off and write a lyric. Then I'll get the lyric, and we'll talk about the lyric for a while, and then I'll go off to my place and write, get some ideas, call him up, say, listen to this, you know, and sing to him over the phone, this is what I'm thinking. And then if it's, yes, that's great, keep going, you know, that's the kind of thing that we do. We've never been the kind of team that has to be in the same room creating at the same moment. It's almost like it's um it's a little annoying for us to do that <laughs> for each other. Huh. Um, because it seems to get we seem to get in each other's way just because of the concentration level because, you know, we're we want to be discussing instead of going into our little our little creative worlds when we're in the same room. What is nice about it is that we both seem to thrive that way in creating. And, you know, with other collaborations, I work differently with people than, um, than the way that Dan and I work. But um, this has seemed to be, you know, just really successful, very natural and, you know, incredibly productive for us.
2: We're getting ready to play two additional pieces from Southern Comfort back-to-back. Back. The first will be Places That Aren't Even There, followed by Fall. Do you want to set both of those up for us?
0: Sure. Uh, places That Aren't Even There are between two of the characters uh, that are a part of uh, Robert Ead's chosen family. And um, these two characters, one is uh, a female-to-male transgender and the other is a male-to-female transgender, and they are in this relationship together. And it was an interesting conversation in the documentary that they had about intimacy. And and because these are two people who um, are, you know, that were born one sex, but have now become another sex, and what is that experience? And this is a song that talks about the intimacy between the two of them. Um, it's, you know, getting physical uh, between the two of them, and really what what they are feeling about that experience and exchange between the two of them. And then Fall, and Fall is an example of how we kind of frame the the, uh, the musical, because it is for an entire uh, year of, well, the last year of Robert Eadie's life, we use the seasons as these um, place marks of transition throughout the show, and it's in transition that also speaks to what is happening in in uh, the people's lives. And Fall is a place where actually um, Robert has fallen out of favor with the person that he kind of considers his adopted son in his community um, because of many circumstances, but they've had a falling out, Uh, some of it due to Robert's relationship with Lola Cola. And then it also kind of uh, fall is a transition for us into the season that leads to the Southern Comfort Ball.
2: From Southern Comfort, back to back, this is places that aren't even there, and fall.
3: Mm, 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 When your hands are on me,
1: you turn me into someone who I want to be. Something in your fingers makes me feel like I'm not a mystery. You make every inch
3: of me awake, aware, touching me places that are even there. makes the truth of everything.
0: to Musical World.
1: I never remember if you're cold or warm, don't know if I'll ever decide. You go back and forth like some kind of storm that don't want to stick to a side.
2: So Julianne, I'm always interested in talking about, you know, this new musical theater. We hear that phrase all the time, and you know, my company has been has benefited enormously from how the internet has changed what we do. And the other day, I don't know if you Ryan. saw it, I don't, Jim. I don't know if you saw it or not, but Ryan Cunningham uh, wrote an article for the Huffington Post, and the premise basically is is YouTube the new Tin Pan Alley, mm-hmm. and and I wondered, Julian, if you can talk a little bit about how coming into this writing process later in your life, if that, if if you have found that to be true, um, that that that's an avenue by which you're getting work heard.
0: You know, it's it's so interesting that, um, that so many people's careers and opportunities are coming from people seeing things on YouTube. So, you know, when I first came to New York, um, and, you know, getting songs out there, and there would be these unauthorized recordings on YouTube of my work, and, you know, there was a sense of losing some control about the quality of things that were out there, but I've I've lost um, a bit of that, you know, feeling of panic when I see that. Now, because I realize that for this business, um, getting your work out there and just heard and your name out there and your songs out there is such an important thing. And a lot of people that I know, friends of mine that are, are in the musical theater community, have received some incredible opportunities because people have found them on YouTube. And, you know, it's just so different today because it takes forever for shows to get developed. It takes um, forever for, you know, opportunities to to even pan out for people. And even once shows are written, it takes forever for them to get uh, productions. I don't even know what Broadway means anymore. Off-Broadway now seems to be what Broadway used to be. And Broadway is some other kind of theme park right. thing. So I think for... For writers like us, who are, you know, I guess, you know, starting out in the business, but also who are writing things that are, you know, we're just wanting to tell good stories, and I think YouTube has become this incredible resource for us. So I, I totally agree that it's it's kind of this new Tin Pan Alley, um, because it seems to be working. You know, I'm all for for everybody getting their work heard.
2: So, tell us a little bit about you know here. Here you are, a couple of weeks away from NAMT. What's your um? What, what's your preparation? What's your thought process at this stage in the game?
0: Well, we you know once we were able to come up with a 45 minute cut, which is you know when you're faced with that task, seems to be a crazy, crazy notion. It's like, are you kidding me? You're wanting us to take our show and then come up with 45 minutes that are going to be brilliant and also not going to ruin any of the, you know, arc, dramatic arc of your show, which is kind of impossible. But we also know that the people that attend an A.M.T. are, um, you know, they know that that's what it's all about. It's just a tasting so that they can get an idea and hopefully be inspired to read the entire uh, script and listen to the entire demo. But once we got past that 45-minute hurdle, um, it's just been a matter of casting, uh, updating our demo, getting some new things on our demo, and, uh, you know, just uh, getting ready to go into rehearsal, which is for, you know, a 25-hour rehearsal, which is not a lot, but Um, We've been fortunate to uh, get some really fantastic people uh, to be doing this for us, so we're really excited about that.
2: Tell us about Walk the Walk.
0: Walk the Walk is one of these um, really interesting moments in the show, or one of the things that I find interesting in the show, because it takes this moment where the majority of the people, the community of people that we have learned about um, throughout the show, uh, they are now at the Southern Comfort Convention. And one of the things that happens at the Southern Comfort Convention is that they have these um, uh, seminars for people in different stages of transition. So, you know, there are some people who still have um, not done any kind of surgery or any kind of drugs or anything like that, but they are still, um, you know, trying to be who they are in the world and not, you know, and pass as the sex that they believe that they are. And so there are these seminars that help these people, you know, there are... Traits for women and how they hold their hands, how they walk. Same for people who are female-to-male transgender, learning, you know, how to to stand or or um, how to walk, and that so that they can pass in in the world and not be judged or not be looked at like a freak. So, walk the walk is in the. A second act of the show, and it takes place where most of the people in the community are at this um seminar and what is happening though, also we see in the middle of this, and you don't hear it in this recording. what also happens is at the same time, Jackson, who has kind of removed himself from this chosen family of people because he's decided that he wants to do complete surgery. Um, a complete sex change, and um, he is at the doctor's office. So while we see most of these people having this fantastic time, having a good time dancing, having fun, we're also seeing in the scene uh, where Jackson is really struggling with the decision of having the sex change. And this is happening also uh, in the 90s when you know, there's a lot of things that have happened um since the nineties for transgender people, so that um you know that there's been a lot of medical improvements and um where it's not quite as difficult as it was back when the story takes place. So we also see that you know Jackson is faced with um some medical professionals who are not as understanding at that point. But so just keeping that in mind while this community of people are, are, you also see them at the SoCo Ball having this great time.
2: From Julianne Wick Davis and Dan Collins, Southern Comfort, this is Walk the Walk.
1: Let's make believe we're back at Genesis. Where else to begin? out a halfway to lose a bliss, you gotta sell, you gotta sell some sin, cause a wicked fruit. Some hell, cause a girl ain't what she's wearing, and a boy ain't how he's born. With the moves you make, and they gotta take you past the things you've Cause what a body is or not is a whole lot of talk. You gotta walk the walk, Whoa. Gotta walk the walk. Gotta center gravity on your hips. Keep your shoulders back. A tilted head and Let us move, But keep your neck. You gotta walk the walk. Whoa! You gotta walk the walk. Whoa! You, you gotta walk the walk. We weren't born with definitions, we were slaves and we were clean. We just followed their instructions and grew into a safe Now, if we miss even the gist of a twist upon our wrist, We'll
2: this uh new, this new musical theater world and community who excites you right now who is doing the kind of work that you love that that really um is sort of gets you going and gets you excited about the the business
0: well you know i'm i um uh, my day job as we like to say in the musical theater writing world is um at the Tisch School of the Arts where i came here to go to grad school and i'm the Coordinator of the department, and I get to see a new crop of students come through this department every year. Oh, great! You know, there's are probably about seventy um, new, you know, seventy students every year that are here in this department, and they are then after two years going out into the musical theater world. Mm-hmm. It's incredible the different voices that come here, the kinds of, you know, when we're talking people from all over the world that come and um, learn the craft of musical theater writing. And I am blown away daily by the stuff that they are creating. And it's just, it's really exciting. And the the reason why it's exciting to me is that um, it's not the same type of, Musical theater being done over and over again. Um, you know, there you can have a tendency to maybe think that a particular style is the thing, and everybody wants to jump on board with that. But what I love is that I'm I am able to see all of these new writers with all these incredible voices come through the, the department, and
2: um,
0: it's inspiring. It it definitely makes me want to to write and explore. Uh, new styles and, uh, new ideas and new orchestrations and, and, um, I think that's the thing that just really keeps me going. I mean, I know there are a lot of people, a lot of my friends out there that are just doing amazing things and, and I really think that it's an exciting time for new musical theater right now. There seems to be, um, a spark right now happening, uh, with new musical theater. And a, an interest that I don't know wasn't there when I first came to New York, and and I think it's it's because people are getting their stuff out there. Like you said, the the influence of YouTube is is something that's really uh, helping it take off. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm very hopeful for the future of musical theater.
2: Right. Yeah. As are we. So I know, Julianne, that sometimes you are not just composer, but that you are also a composer and lyricist. So what's the um, what's the challenge for both and which do you prefer?
0: Wow, Um, you know, I love collaborating with people. Um, Before I came to New York and started doing this here, I was just doing everything myself and um, I was kind of content doing that. I came to New York and started collaborating with people and my perspective changed because there's something really amazing that happens when someone gives me their lyric and and I'm able to hear music or if I give a lyric to someone and they do something that I would have never, ever Thought about doing. And that is so exciting to me. I'm still doing the the composer lyricist thing, but it's taken a little bit of the shine away for me um, ever since I've discovered the magic that happens when you collaborate with other people. Um, And I still do it. I mean, you know, Dan and I are writing a, a piece with Sally Wilford and Michael Winther called When We Met. It's just a two person musical. And I'm writing music and lyrics for that. It actually kind of started out as a song cycle that Sally and Michael wanted me to write for them and, and then we decided it really needed to be a book musical. And so we, we grabbed Dan and, and you know, said, can you write book for us? So Dan and I are collaborating in that way, but it's a little bit different than what we've had before. Although he is like so gracious and wonderful in helping me find, um, you know the right song moment lyrically. Um, even though he's he's writing book, but but you know I think if someone put a gun to my head and said you had to do one or the other, I would say I'd have to go with collaborating with other people. It's just so it's so satisfying. It's so satisfying and so um, it's just so thrilling to me.
2: Well, for our listeners, if you are an industry professional. Or, and especially if you are a member of NAMT, you have no excuse but to not be uh, in New York for NAMT. October 11th and 12th are the festival days. And you can catch the 45-minute, still dramatically arced version of Southern <laughs> Comfort by Julianne Wick Davis and Dan Collins. Julianne, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Oh, thank you guys so much.
2: And Oh, before we go, uh, do you have a website or any social... Places you would like to tell listen
3: about?
0: Yeah, we have a website that's in um, a work in progress, but uh Southern You can certainly find uh, more things about it. And we have some, some links to music there. But um we also have a Facebook page, um Southern Comfort the Musical, and then we also are on Twitter, SoCoTheMusical, the Musical. So um you know we're trying to keep everything updated with the show and exciting things that are that are going to be happening with that. So,
2: well, on the way out, we're going to be playing a final song from Southern Comfort called "I'm Going." Would you set that up for us?
0: Sure, "I'm Going" is um, actually the last song that Robert E. sings in um, in the show, and um, it's. It's at a point where Robert, you know, Lola Cola is not sure if Robert's able to make it to this last event, the SoCo Ball, that has been so important to Robert. Robert is determined that he's going to do that, but also letting Lola know that no matter what, you know, they're having to face the reality of Robert coming to the end of his life. And, um, it's, we are very excited because, you know, we had a netto tool do our uh, production at CAP 21, and she played Robert Eade in the most beautiful way. Um, it was just such a, a gorgeous performance, and um, she loves the, the piece, the show, and Robert Eade so much and has been so gracious. Annette uh, came into New York and did some demos for us for our new demo. And so you're about to hear Annette do I'm Going. And she did Southern Comfort, which we did earlier in the program as well. But uh, you'll you'll hear the brilliant Annette O'Toole singing I'm Going.
2: Once again, uh, you can catch portions of Southern Comfort as well as a host of other new musicals in development at the annual NAMT Festival of New Musicals. October 11th and 12th in New York City. Check out the website for both Southern Comfort the Musical as well as NAMT for more information. Thank you again Julianne for being
3: Thank
0: with you, us. guys. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for your time.
2: And from Southern Comfort, this is I'm Going.
4: Hi, going for dancing Still I'll dance on air I don't go to dress up but hey, look what I get to wear Now I ain't trying to show off But when I walk in with you Not being noticed won't be what I'm going smell sweet I ain't there for music but when I hear the beat I hope you'll excuse me cause until the night is through letting you go won't be what I'm going
3: Thank you very much. It's been so much fun, and even though the oh, gremlins thanks, guys. were the gremlins no. were out in force, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we got even through. Even with all all of
0: those little things, it really wasn't too bad, was
3: it? it was... Oh no, oh no, no, I, no. I'm going to shut down my laptop and throw it against the wall, <laughs> and,
2: and, and then proceed with editing. And um... you guys, thank you
0: so much. You're so kind to ask me to do this, and then you know, just it's, it's a Timing is perfect for us and everything, and I, I just really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Thank You're you so much. You're very welcome. And um, we'll talk soon.
0: All right, guys.
3: Take care. Uh-huh, yep, you thanks. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.